This is Grunt and Groan, sales lessons learned from professional wrestling. Coming to you from the fabulous Delaware Wrestling Thunderdome, I'm your host, Benjamin Burroughs. I am one voice that stands alone. I am one choice to man the throne. Stand guard and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. I am Everybody, this is Billy Gunn. Hey, it's me, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. This is the Birdman Coco Beware. In Macho Madness, yeah. Growing, 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 and more seductive than sex. To me, they are the greatest tag team in the world. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks! Hey, this is the NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, the National Treasure, Nick Holden. Ooh, it's a nature boy. Woo! This is Tito Santana, WWE Hall of Famer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one of the founding fathers of All In, the executive vice president of All Elite, Cody! And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world destroy you? Hi! This is Glasgow, Delaware, Kit Kat. I never, ever, ever listened to Grunt the Grounds by Benjamin Burroughs. And hello and welcome to Grunt the Grounds Sales Lessons Learned from Professional Wrestling. <laughs> There's nobody, nobody listening to us. Nobody but you, but you. And you are the great American thunder on which this nation rolls because nothing happens until something is sold. That's right, nothing happens until you sell it. It is a great day to be out selling your services and selling your products. Another Monday morning. And let's get this party started. It is Grunt to Grown. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I, again, am, am overwhelmed with respect and appreciation that you would take time out of your busy sales day to listen to the Grunt to Grown podcast. I am Benjamin Burroughs. We're at the fabulous Delaware Wrestling Thunderdome on a frigid, and I mean a frigid, Monday morning. It is freezing cold outside. Yesterday, here in the Northeast, it was 56 degrees. Temperatures dropped last night to 9 degrees, and right now it's 21 degrees. And I don't think Sunny Thunder or the Sons of Thunders believe in heat here at the Delaware Wrestling Thunderdome. <laughs> so if you hear some chattering, that's my teeth. I'm sitting in the middle of the ring, as I do each and every Monday morning, bringing you uh, the Grunt to Grown podcast. And I want to say hello to Dave the Ray. Thanks for coming out on such a cold and frigid morning. And the staff of Grunt to Grown sales lessons learned from professional wrestling. I want to thank each and every one of you for the feedback that you guys provided us uh, last week. And on the podcast before that, the Mean Gene Okerlund show, and uh, then our podcast, our, our uh, Book of the Month Club, Time Traps, last week. If you'd like to email me, you can at greatamericanthunder at gmail.com, greatamericanthunder at gmail.com. Uh, that is my personal email. It, there are no filters. I have no screeners. It comes direct to me. And if you'd like to be a part of our opening, you heard there, the uh, Delaware Kit Kat, she never listens, ever. 
to grunt to groan. <laughs> if you want to be a part of our opening, uh, just record something on your phone and email it to me. Um, if you uh, don't have the technology to do that, uh, then uh, just private message me or email me on any one of the social media platforms. Email me at Great American Thunder or private message me at Benjamin Burroughs on LinkedIn or uh, on uh, Great American Thunder at Real Ben Burroughs on Twitter. And I'll be more than happy. Uh, to uh, include you in our um, openings to the podcast. Don't forget you can buy the book Grunt to Grown, a sales lessons learned for professional wrestling uh, wherever fine books are sold online, Barnes & Nobles, Walmart, Amazon. You can also pick up our official branded Grunt to Grown merchandise online as well, Amazon.com. All you have to do is go to Amazon.com. Type in Grunt to Grown, sales lessons learned from professional wrestling, and all our stuff, all our junk will come up right there. <laughs> and then you see Dave the Ray is now a little upset because I caught all of our merchandise stuff, and I called it junk. And uh, now he's uh, the tips of his ears are just a little bit red, and that seems to happen a lot when we're together. Oh, he's also, to, oh, he's also, he's also informing me that if you want to advertise here on the Grunt to Grown podcast, if you would like your message podcasted to the tens and tens of people that we have listening each and every week, email us at greatamericanthunder at gmail.com. <laughs> That's right, the tens and tens of people that listen to our podcast each and every week. All you have to do is email us at greatamericanthunder at gmail.com. Uh, let us know that you want to uh, reach out with your advertising to our tens and tens of listeners, and uh, we'll send you a rate card, which is probably overpriced, and uh, we'll cut you a, a, a spot in a commercial, and we'll put it right here in the middle of this fine podcast, Grunt to Grown, Sales Lessons Learned from Professional Wrestling. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, Dave's in my ear now saying, come on now. All right, so so we actually, the analytics of the program actually uh, inform us that we have not tens and tens of people um, listening to our podcast, that we actually have about 4,700 in 17 different countries. And if you do the math, that's 264 uh, podcast listeners per country. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here in the country, I think we have 264 or tens and tens of listeners. I, I know my mom is listening over in West Virginia. I know the Delaware Kit Kat listens. I know that Princess Clark listens. And I know that uh, the Squeaky King down in North Carolina listens. So I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day. <laughs> So I want to jump into the meat of the podcast this week, and uh, the podcast this week talks about management. This is uh, about management. If you have direct reports that you're responsible for management of, and as a sales professional, this also has to do with management of the accounts and clients that you have. Now, it, it, it's about management of personnel, but a lot of this can be uh, parlayed into 
the management of our accounts. So I want you to keep an open mind on this. And, and I've been wanting to do a podcast on management for a couple months now. And uh, the staff, they kind of line things up and they do my research and uh, we just kind of put it off. They said, why don't we do it after the first of the year? And I, I said, okay. So um, you know that um, if you're on LinkedIn or, or if you're on any of the social media uh, pages, you know that uh, there's these memes that come out all the time. And uh, they're constantly, you know, putting little uh, tidbits of information in your ear. And on LinkedIn, there's a lot of these uh, these uh, these um, uh, memes, I think they're called, that that come up that talk about management. And 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 some of them really uh, hit a chord with me. Um, in my current capacity, I have no direct reports, so I, I, all I do is manage my clients and I manage myself. And as Dave the Ray is looking at me, he knows that's that's more than what I can handle. Not managing my clients, but managing myself. But um, in the past, I've had direct reports that I was responsible for and I had to manage. And, and I had to grow them as young sales professionals and help them uh, uh, grow their territories and grow their accounts. So uh, on um, social media sites like LinkedIn, I've been seeing stuff that talk about great management, about being great managers, what it takes to be a great manager. And you know, studies suggest that good employees don't necessarily work for great companies. They work for great managers. And if you're a seasoned sales professional, I'm sure that you've worked for some great managers, and I'm sure you've worked for some not so great managers. But I want to talk about management. And I want to talk about what expectations should be from a great manager, an expectation we should have as sales professionals of our management, and how we should be managing ourselves and our clients. So to get us started, I went to Forbes.com and thought, okay, I'm going to do a little research on what might be posted on Forbes.com about truly great managers. And I found an article that was written by Jacob Morgan, posted on Forbes.com, entitled, Five Signs You Are Working for a Truly Great Manager. And I want you to think about this, not just from a management standpoint of who you work for or who you might be responsible for, but how we manage our accounts as well. So I, I got a double-edged sword. I got two sides of, of the fence here that I want to talk about and I want you to think about. So according to Jacob Morgan, from the article, Five Signs You're Working for a Truly Great Manager on Forbes.com, number one, your truly great manager acts like a coach. You see, truly great managers encourage and empower their employees to accomplish their goals much like a trainer does. And when you think about this, as sales professionals, this is what we should be striving to do for our accounts, for our clients. And if you're managing direct reports, this is something you should strive for to make your direct reports better.
Number two, truly great management understands your weaknesses, but they focus on your strengths. You see, truly great managers understand the strengths of their employees and what they can do to make those strengths shine. And when you think about how we manage our clients, we know their strengths, we know their weaknesses. What are we doing to help make them shine? Number three, from Jacob Morgan's article, Five Signs You're Working for a Truly Great Manager on Forbes.com. Number three, a truly great manager wants to know your story. You see, great managers want to know who you are as a human being. Not just as a sales professional helping them gain their goals and reach their levels of success, but they really dig down into the weeds and want to know who you are. And we should do the same thing with our clients. I, I, I wrote about this in the book, Grunt to Grown. It's called Personal Selling. When we approach a decision maker, we know that they're making a decision to do business with us that hopefully enhances them corporately. It moves their business or their organization forward. But we also should dig a little deeper and know and understand that maybe we're helping them professionally and personally move forward. Number four, good management embraces vulnerability. Truly great managers embrace their own weaknesses, and they don't put on the charade of being the all-knowing and all-powerful beings. They have weaknesses. Your management does. We have weaknesses. And sometimes it's good for us to admit that and manage that. Number five, the last point from this article written by Jacob Morgan Good management challenges convention. Truly great managers understand that starting fires can be more valuable and important than trying to put out fires. You know, good management's going to go to, go, go to work and fight for you, just like you go to work and you fight for your client. This is from the article Five Signs that you are working for a truly great manager, written by Jacob Morgan. It's posted on Forbes.com. I suggest that um, you go and you take a look at it. Now, again, as I explained, in my current capacity, I have no direct reports. But outside of being a sales professional, I am a leader of a music ministry in my church, something that we recently started. And... I have worked very, very hard to take these five points from Jacob Morgan and apply them in my leadership with the musicians I'm working with in this musical ministry. I work very hard to try and coach the people in my music ministry. I work hard to empower them like a trainer would do. And I have musicians of varying skill level or expertise. Some are just starting and some are just absolutely fabulous.
So I'm coaching two different degrees of musicians. But I work hard to act like a coach. I also work very hard to understand what their weaknesses and their strengths are. And I play to their strengths. I coach to their strengths. Uh, I was a baseball coach for 35 years and was successful at being a baseball coach. I won a couple state championships and just experienced a lot of success. And my philosophy was simple. I always worked on my ballplayers' strengths. I worked on those strengths to the point that perfection wasn't too far out of the realm. I tried to help them perfect their strengths. And my philosophy and my feeling is that by helping them perfect their strengths, by helping them grow in their strengths, that that would override into their weakness, that their confidence would help them overcome their weaknesses, and they would become a better all-around baseball player. And that's how I coached. With my music ministry, I want to know each person I'm involved with, story. I want to know their story. I want to know where they came from, how they got here. And I'm learning about these musicians each and every week. And I embrace vulnerability. I am not a great musician. I don't consider myself a good musician. But we needed a leader, and I stepped up. And instead of pretending like I know all or I am all, I rely on my musical partners to make the total unit strong. We just had a young man uh, join our musical ministry over the past couple weeks, a brilliant composer. Brilliant. And he has taken some songs that another one of my musical ministers have written, and between the two of them, they're composing them. And yesterday afternoon when we were practicing, those songs sounded like an orchestra. It was a thing of beauty. I couldn't have done that. And I'm trying to challenge convention. You know, I, I, I am pushing my musical ministers to step outside of boxes and, and to push the boundaries of their own musicianship and their own songwriting and their own compositions to the point that we are incorporating several genres of music together on this musical ministry, including rap. And I just would rather challenge convention than to go through and do the same old, same old time and time again. So I'm trying to practice these. Even though I have no direct reports in my professional career right now, I just want you to know I'm not saying this as um, an empty suit. I'm saying this because this is something that I'm actually applying in my own life. So in professional wrestling, what makes a good manager? According to Bobby Matthews, who authored the 10 greatest managers of all time and the five worst, which was 
posted on BleacherReport.com. A pro wrestling manager can add something to storylines and rivalries, and sometimes they can create their own feuds out of nowhere. See, a good manager adds to who you are. A good manager adds to your story, adds to your success. In professional sales and in professional wrestling. According to Matthews, a, a good professional wrestling manager will use as many tools as they can to help their wrestlers win. They will use their tools of speech, of wisdom, and if you follow professional wrestling, sometimes interference. <laughs> and that's what a good manager should do. A good manager should be a tool. A good manager should be a tool that you can turn to and you can use when times are tough, when sales are tough, when you need guidance, when you need advice, when you need help. They should be a tool. Matthews also writes that a good professional wrestling manager is not afraid to get their hands dirty in helping their wrestler be successful. Same is true in professional sales. A good manager will get down into the weeds with you. They will get your hands dirty with you. They will understand the grit and the grime of your accounts, of your territory, of your numbers, up or down. They will know your clients almost as well as you do. And good professional wrestling managers strategically put their wrestlers in the best position to be successful. The absolute best position. I've heard that there's management philosophies out there about manage them up or manage them out. Manage your employee up or manage your employee out. Well, I think the really, truly great managers manage their employees to fit. Not up, not out, but to fit. And I'm sure I'll get some heat on that. If you have any questions about that, email me at greatamericanthunder at gmail.com. Now, I want to take a look at three legendary and Hall of Fame pro wrestling managers that made making their wrestlers successful look easy. I want to start with the Grand Wizard. You know, the Grand Wizard is ranked four on Bobby Matthews' 10 greatest managers of all time and five and the five worst. <laughs> he ranks number four. And it's written of the Grand Wizard that he was a low-key badass. He was the low-key badass of professional wrestling managers. 
He was a badass because he was a little low-key, great talker, but he was a little low-key in how he helped his professional wrestlers be successful. The Grand Wizard excelled in enabling his workers to do more types of finishes, wrestling finishes, without having a clean finish, which in the business of professional wrestling guarantees a return bout and more money. The Grand Wizard knew how to make his wrestlers successful without stealing the limelight or making his wrestlers feel inadequate. I want to take a look at wrestling manager Jim Cornette. Now, Cornette could have been described as a workaholic. He knew his wrestlers and their opponents in and out. He was not afraid to put in the work and get involved physically to help his wrestlers be successful. You see, he was not afraid to get his hands dirty. A great example of this happened on the night of the Skywalkers when a team he was managing, the Midnight Express, squared off against the legendary Road Warriors in a scaffolding match. And Jim Cornette blew out both of his knees falling off the scaffolding. He was a manager. He was not an athlete. He wasn't trained as a professional wrestler. And I want you to think about this. He is on top of the scaffolding where his wrestlers are doing battle. You see, he was not afraid to get his hands dirty. He was not afraid to get in there and get involved. And you know, when you really think about it, he was willing to do exactly what he asked his wrestlers to do. If they were asked to wrestle atop 20 feet of scaffolding, well, Jim Cornette was going to be right by their side. By, their way, by, by the way, that match, the Night of the Skywalkers, Road Warrior Hawk wrestled that match with a broken leg. Cornette also made sure that his wrestlers got the attention and the credit that they deserved. So when they really did the great things, he made sure they got the attention and the credit for it. Cornette, a manager not afraid to put in the work, to get his hands dirty, and make sure his wrestlers were successful. And, of course, the number one professional Wrestling manager of all time, Bobby the Brain Heaton. He was the brains behind his wrestlers and always put his wrestlers strategically in the right place at the right time for success. And because of this, he is ranked number one on everybody's list as the greatest wrestling manager of all time. Matthews wrote of Bobby Heenan that he was the gold standard when it came to wrestling managers. With his quick wit 
and his range to play the sniveling coward or vicious mastermind. Heenan could do it all from ringside. Heenan was the strategic force that guided the WWE Hall of Famer Andre the Giant to his greatest accomplishment, wrestling Hulk Hogan for the championship in front of 93,000 people at WrestleMania three. Bobby the Brain Heaton put his wrestler, wrestlers strategically in the best position to be successful. I love Bobby the Brain Heenan. So as we wrap this up, what can sales management learn from professional wrestling management? One, the Grand Wizard, a manager who put his wrestlers in the best position to be successful. Two, Jim Cornette, a manager who was not afraid to put in the work and get his hands dirty to make his wrestler successful. Three, Bobby the Brain Heaton, as a manager, he strategically put his wrestlers in the best strategic position to be successful. In short, the skills and talents that the Grand Wizard, Jim Cornette, and Bobby the Brain Heaton post make great management both in professional wrestling and in professional sales. And that'll do it for this week's Grunt to Grown Sales Lessons Learned from Professional Wrestling. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure that you um, you email me at greatamericanthunder at gmail.com. Follow me on LinkedIn at Benjamin Burroughs or uh, follow me on Twitter at Great American Thunder at Real Ben Burroughs. You know I have great love. And I have great respect for you, and I want to thank you, because as sales professionals, you are the great American thunder on which this nation rolls, because nothing happens until something is sold, until you sell it. So quit listening to me. Get out there. Sell something. I one voice that stands alone. I am one choice to man the throne. Stand guard and take shots. Give it all I got. All I got is this microphone.